0: what up what up what up welcome to real men talk today we're gonna be talking about why kids are leaving the faith why so many children college not necessarily children but teens and college age students are leaving the faith and and a lot of times deconstructing and, and all this stuff and we're going to be talking about what we as parents and as leaders can be doing about it let's get started on real men talk
1: Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their
0: families every day. Here are your hosts. What's going on? All right, Real Men Talk. Um, we're here with Kyler Sal. What's up, Kyler? Hey guys, what's up? All right, so mass exodus. We're gonna be talking about why kids leave in the faith. You know, this is something that kind of hit me kind of hard. Um, I have a uh, I have an eighteen year old that's getting ready to graduate and go to college. And uh I've got a seventeen year old that's going to try to graduate a half a year next year and go off to college. So in like six months I could I could lose my two oldest kids to college and it's You're gonna be old, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like, man, it, it hits hard. It hits hard. And so um we I, I begin to kind of study and you you know, when you you when you begin to look at colleges and what what college they're gonna go to, what what they're gonna do and you know, and stuff like that. You know, you really begin to analyze, you know, especially as a Christian father, what my kids are gonna see and they're going to experience when they go off to college. Now, of course, you cannot you can't protect them all the time. You can't be there. You can't hold their hand. There's gotta be a point in time where they begin to grow up. They begin to uh they step out on their own. You just gotta pray a hedge protection around them and kick him out of the nest yep. kind of, you, you know, and, um, and so, but you really begin to try to influence their decisions the best possible. Um, luckily I am, I am blessed that my kids are going to a, a Christian college, mm-hmm. um, there at James river Academy. And, um, I am super excited about that, but that does not necessarily mean, you know, um, even in our Christian colleges, sometimes, you know, You look at, like, Evangel over there, which is a great Christian college. Um, They still have liberal professors. They still have, you you know, and so you have to set them up the best you can for success.
2: Exactly.
3: And it's hard, especially because you're not there. When they're in the home, it's easier to control because you can, you, I don't want to say you control the dialogue, but if they have questions, you can, you answer them. You can help, well, control the dialogue. I was actually talking to a guy this week. He got so So mad because his daughter was learning in seventh grade about, you know, how the government thinks that this is all just some kind of uh, uh, virtual reality that they're actually controlling us and all this other stuff. And he's like, I don't want my daughter learning this in class and yada, yada, yada. And I looked at her and I looked at him and said, even though it's a bad truth, it's still a truth that some people believe. And it's better for you to be able to control that dialogue and teach them now than them get off in college and learn that this randomly happened. And then they fight for it for themselves. And so it, it, it stinks, but while they're at home, you can kind of control it. But when they go off to college, they kind of become an adult. They start thinking more on their own and it's, it's hard to control. So, I mean, it's scary, but it's still at least at home, you can control it. But like you said, when they go off to college, they start thinking on their own. And that's when like 34%, I was looking at this, uh, LifeWay Research. They didn't. That's when majority of kids leave the faith. They leave the church is when they go off to college because they yes. start thinking, they start yes. doing everything below, and they they don't have those supports. Yep,
0: that's that's right. And you know, and the thing is, is like it, you know, which we've talked about it many times before. This is the importance of re-educating your kids. You know, they're because they're going to learn things. It doesn't. I don't. I don't care where you send them to. I don't care if you send them to a private school unless you are homeschooling them and you are uh, a f- a part of every single detail that they learn, they're going to learn things that you may not agree with. And, um, you know, I remember, I've got to be really careful here. Um, I remember my little sister going to a private school. And the we, we, we go to a uh, Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. The school was of Baptist denomination. Yeah. And the teachers would give her a hard time yeah. about being Pentecostal, you know, believing in speaking in tongues and believing the Holy spirit and stuff like that. The teachers themselves would give her a hard time. Right. And you, you can't, and I say that to say that you cannot be be there all the time. No. Nope. You know, but what you do is you take those opportunities for a teaching moment. Exactly. You know, hey, not every, not everybody believes the way that we do. What does the word of God say? Right. That that's, that's, that's all that matters. And teaching them to critically think. Yes. Is the most important thing and gift that we can give our children, period. Yep. Teaching them what the word of God says and how to critically analyze it against everything else the world says. Right and you know when you begin to look and analyze uh, why all these kids are leaving the faith
1: yeah
0: you know i, I we we've, we've talked about it's been a long time since we probably talked about it on here um but we've talked about deconstruction which is basically yeah. in anthony's terms terms would be to basically undo um your, your faith. So, so yeah. deconstruction uses the words to disprove what it says. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so schools do this all the time with the Bible. And you see it a lot in in um, uh, colleges and you, you know, universities. That's yes. the word I'm looking for. Universities, you see it a lot. You know, these, these teachers, you know, well, well, the Bible says that, you know, God is love. And yet God killed thousands of people, mm-hmm. you know, so how can God be loved if he's going to kill people, you know? And then, you know, you, here you are, you're an 18 year old student yeah. going, uh, I I don't, I don't, God really did kill. I, I remember God killing, you know, yeah. thousands of people and this dude's really smart and my parents don't have all those letters behind their names. Right. They didn't give me the answer to this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is this is stuff that they will really encounter, right. and so these kids they get in these colleges, and uh, they're like, I I don't I don't know what to do. And Then they're like, Well, maybe maybe this guy's right. Well, once once that professor is able to plant that just that little bit of seed of doubt, mm-hmm. you know, I, I say the professors really is the enemy using the professor, yep that has that is a victim of a lie, exactly. Um. Once, once they can they can plant that seed, then they can do they can do anything. They, they can tell them whatever they want. And you see these kids, um, just complete just falling away from the faith, becoming you know what they call like agnostic, you know, or 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 they begin to claim that they're they're atheists, you, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it is. Um, I had found this article that seventy five percent. Of kids leave the church between the ages of eighteen and twenty nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna let that sink in for for a minute. Seventy five percent of kids between the eight the, between the ages of eighteen and twenty nine leave the faith. That is that is heart wrenching. It, it, it's it, it's mind boggling. Um, Ken Ham, and I don't know if you know who Ken Ham is, but he's uh, he's an apologetist. He's the one who uh, cr- did the Creation Museum and the the Ark Encounter. Yes, yes. Okay, great man. Um, he does. He's a very good apologetist. He has a book called Already Gone, mm-hmm. and it's it, and he talks about you know our kids once they hit the age of eighteen they're, they're already gone, right? Um, uh, because seventy five percent of them are, are leaving the faith, you know, and this this article that I had read talks about, you know, well, why did the 25% stay? And we're going to get to that here in a minute. Um, but that's really the question that we need to be asking is, okay, so 75% are leaving. What is it that we can do that will equip our kids with the tools that they need mm-hmm. to not deconstruct, to not waver in their faith? Right. You know, um, I was listening to a podcast. I mentioned we mentioned it last week uh, with John Cooper. He was he was uh, uh, he had his, his daughter Alex on there, and she had said something that that really hit home during during that podcast. You know, it was like an hour long podcast, and the, and the one thing that stuck out to me the most is she had mentioned that what she had, what she was noticing in college. You know, she was talking about, she was being very descriptive on some of the things that that she was learning. Mm -hmm. um, Some of the things that that the other kids were experiencing and would say and different things like that. And she said, kids really seem to be trying to find themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the college teaches you that this is a time to find yourself. Yeah. Which is a ploy from Satan. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because if they can convince you that you are trying to find yourself, yeah. they can make you identify as whatever they want you to.
3: Exactly. Well, they can make you think anything they want to. I mean, they go, no matter which university you go to, they have some type of agenda or some push that they're wanting to do, and they can talk to you as much yes. as they want to, and they can say, you know, you can think freely here, but the foundation of every class that you take in college has some type of agenda that that university is pushing. I mean, you can you can get that from anything. I mean, I went to Evangel, but... and. I'm not saying they push any agendas because they really do their best to try to get you to think, but they they want to think that the parents have already raised them with the firm foundation that by the time they get to Avangel that they're building, and that's kind of almost where most Christian colleges get to is that by the time you get there you should already have your faith built, and we just need to stack on top of that, and that's not that's a problem, and that's why a lot of people or a lot of kids, especially eighteen and up, are losing their faith is because we as Fathers and we as Christians are not building that faith. We're not building a firm foundation. I mean, it goes back to, did you build your house on the rock or did you build it on the sand? Are you giving them a little bit or are you giving them a lot? Are you making it sturdy or are you making it where it could waver just a little bit at the first sight of doubt? Um, Going back to your analogy about college and professors, I watched, uh, I was praying about the situation that I was talking about earlier because it kind of hit home uh, because it had to do with some family and i watched god's not dead this week and it, oh, it a was one. the right but it painted the perfect analogy of this professor who is trying to get all these kids to believe that god is yes. dead and his whole point is if if you can go ahead and write god is dead three simple words i'll go ahead and pass you and you're already going to have a 30% of your grade's already going to be an a well from the teacher perspective that's a really great incentive cuz he's are like 30% all right well i don't have to do 30% of this work now and this course is going to be so much easier and then he was like, and those right. who in the past haven't done this, they usually fail. And so if you're looking at a freshman, because this was a freshman class I signed up for, his introduction to mm. philosophy. He would I'm I as a kid who, if I didn't have any type of Christian background, I would have been like, Okay, yeah, I can just go ahead and do this real quick. Yeah, no, move Because those are just words on a paper to anybody else. But to this mm. one kid who actually had a firm foundation, I mean, it, it paints the perfect picture of a kid who grew up in a church who got a firm foundation and he's like, I'm not doing this. I don't care what you say. I don't care what your agenda is, your propaganda is, but we, we as parents almost want to shelter them so much. And I'm not saying that, you know, sending your kids to a private school or sending your kids to a Christian school is a bad thing. Cause it's not, don't get me wrong. Right. Um, but if we shelter our kids too much, then it leaves too many gaps. I feel that Satan can penetrate and get into and create doubt, having open discussions and talking to them about, mm-hmm. I don't say about everything, but, having open discussion about the hard parts of life of this is what the world teaches you. And this is why it's not wrong and providing with that biblical basis. Cause you're yes. right. If you're reading the old Testament, God killed a bunch of people to get Israel where they yep. needed to go. I mean, they went in and they took out, it was funny cause actually my reading this morning was like the 20 different nations that they completely wiped out. And he just went through this list and I'm like, gosh, God killed a lot of people. But, When you look at the reasoning behind it, it was to make sure that that wickedness didn't get into their culture. It wasn't because God was just going through and killing people willy-nilly because there were some nations that he did save, but he killed the ones that he knew could have a negative effect on the people he was trying to create, his nation of chosen people. And so when we look at it, we have to look at the whole picture. We got to paint the whole picture. And sometimes we just, we hit the surface and we go a little bit down. What surprised me the most about these statistics was that when- kids were leaving between 18 and 29. It wasn't for a specific reason. Like there wasn't just a, Oh, that ch- church made me mad. So I'm not going to be there or, right. you know, this doesn't line up with my belief. They just, they found something else to fill their time is what it says. And we, as parents, if we don't lay that firm foundation, the church is important. We're just going to keep seeing this nuns. The nuns is what they call it. The nun religion, no, um, just rising. And that's, what's going to happen. It's just going to continue
0: to go. Something you had mentioned in there that I'd like to expound on was, you know, the fact that kids are, um, the being overly bearing Mm -hmm. with our children, you know, you, you raise up a child in the way that they, you think that they should go. And a lot of times what we have to understand is we have to, as parents, try to do the best thing you can for your kids. Yes. Always. And what you have to understand is there's a point in time there's and and I know that I've talked about this before, but there's a point in time when um when children transition from they they grasp every word that you say to they begin to question every word that you say. Mm -hmm. And that we have to understand that's natural. That is God's order in things. That's the way, you know, because at some point your child has to grow up. Your child has to live on their own. Your job is to make sure that they have the, everything that they had, they can have to do that successfully. Exactly. You know, a work ethic, uh, a firm foundation in Jesus Christ, you know, um, knowing, knowing, being able to critically think, knowing right from wrong, you know, stuff like that. Right. And it's not give them everything that they need or, overshadow them so much that they 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 intentionally rebel exactly you, you know because that happens that that is a real thing yes and that is a fine line and i understand that it is difficult it's difficult to uh to to grasp a hold of it's difficult to um to to find that line and sometimes and many times we don't get it right as parents right. you know in in tony and malachi you know tony's seven or eighteen. Malachi seventeen, you know there are all this and in and in their seventeen and eighteen years, I have failed many times. Mm-hmm. Many times I have made the wrong decision, and thank God for grace. Right, you, you know what I mean that, and yes. that's 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 it. That, that's all there is to it when it comes to parenting. Right. You know, and being able to learn from those mistakes, mm-hmm. and not being so overbearing, um, that. It, they're not able to experience anything because right. if if you are when they do get to and this is a very controversial issue a lot of people will disagree with me right um you when they because when they do get to college they become so they grasp a hold of every opportunity to experience something right. yeah that they they go way off the deep end a lot of times you know, and if you can set a foundation for them, even in their friendship, okay. So, for mm-hmm. instance, I have a daughter; she just turned fifteen. We, we were talking about her birthday party. Yeah, and um, she she asked if some friends could stay the night, and I told her, I said, I don't care if you have friends stay the night, but I I need to know them. You know, you can have, and this is this is nothing against um, anybody else's anybody else's kids, and not because I don't like these kids; it's mm-hmm. because I I want to be able to trust. The people she's around, you know, she's like, well, you know, the boys always have people over and there are, there are boys over here all the time. Right. And I told her, I said, I understand that. I said, but I trust every one of them. I know them. Right. You know what I mean? There, there are elements that you have to, um, and I've never told my, my kids that they can't have those friends. Right. Um, what I do is I limit their exposure to those friends. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I encourage the, you, you know, you, you don't, you don't come at a child with, you, you cannot, you can't be friends with them mm-hmm. because I'm telling you right now, the way I am and the way that I am geared, you tell me not to do something. I'm 40 years old and I'm still, I want to do it just in spite. Exactly. That's, that's the way I'm built. You know what I mean? And they're going to do it and they're going to do it the same way. Mm-hmm. You tell you, you come down on them. You know, um, I seen a video one time of this girl. Uh, not, not a girl. She was, she was a mom. Yeah. And this kid, he, I don't know, he was, probably, he was definitely a teenager. Um, I don't know how old he was, but he told, it, it, it was like, and for whatever reason, he was videoing it. Well, I, I know why he was videoing it, but he told his mom, he's like, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. And she's like, get out of my house. You can't live here no more. If you ain't gonna <laughs> believe in Jesus. You know, and I'm like, yeah. why would you, why? Why? why right. How is that going to benefit anything? All you're doing is pushing him away. That's it. you know and, um, and a lot of times we do that same thing in every aspect of our kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And yes, you have to you have to use discernment. you have to be able to to, to determine um, what is right and what is wrong, exactly. you know and And a lot of times you fail. a lot of times you make the wrong decisions, you know, and learning from those and being able to pick up, you know right. learning to say you're sorry. You know, as a parent, there are times it's hard. There are times that you need to tell your children you're sorry when you you, oh, yeah. you, you know, when you make the wrong decision, when um, when you've lashed out, not needed to, you know, kind of thing. Or, you know, you've you've were wrong about this or or whatever it is. And to 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 help them to to develop to be young adults. Right. You know what I mean, and not be so overbearing on them, exactly. and push them away so much that they don't want nothing to do with Jesus. You know, you, 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 you can not push them too far. No, yes, you can push them too yeah. far. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I've I've had many friends that that were that way. You know, and uh, and so it's it's tough. But we're going to continue talking about this. Right, we're going to take a break,
2: and when we come back, we're going to uh, continue talking about this. We'll be right back. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by The Jewelers' Bench. They are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed Citizen Watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 Northwestwood or call 573-686-1522 call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk.
4: If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of christ join us at the palace of praise located at 1400 Herschel best boulevard in poplar bluff missouri we meet in room 400 every thursday come be a part of the discussion okay god my life's a mess so i'm praying what do you want from me do you have a wallet uh oh uh yeah
2: there's four dollars in it
4: i'll take it great no problem do you have a savings account Yeah. I'll take it. Okay. A business? Yeah, I'm about to go bankrupt. I'll take it. You can have it. And your car?
2: My car? Uh,
4: fine. Take it. Do you have a family?
2: Yeah. I suppose you want them too.
4: Mm hmm. Fine. Wait a minute.
2: I've given you everything but the shirt off my back. I'll take it. Great.
4: John, I have a wallet, a savings account, car. I'm real happy for you, God. Take care of them for me. What? Take these possessions and handle them properly and treat this family with care. Remember, they belong to me. What are you willing to give back to God?
1: Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com.
2: This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by RL Persons Construction. For over 29 years they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. You can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573 686-1323 686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right, guys. So we're back and we're talking about how,
3: why children and why our kids are leaving the faith, why they're leaving the Christian faith, why they're venturing off and they're doing more. And I wanted to bring us back on this verse and it says, it's from Proverbs 22, six, and it says, start your children off the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. If you are looking at the new living transverse, it says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they're old, they will not leave it. And what that's talking about, nothing in those verses says that you are going to be able to control every single moment that they have. What it says is you're going to direct them. A director, when he's making a movie, there is no possible way that he is going to be able to predict everything that's going to go wrong. There is exposure after exposure after exposure after exposure. There's nothing that you can do. When, And the other word that I like to say, their English standard version says, train up your child in the way that he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that keyword was, that stood out, it's always those first words. It says, train. When you're training a new employee or you're working with a new employee, you're not going to know what they are. When you're going to hire them, you're not going to know exactly what they're going to do. And there's nothing that we as parents that we can do perfectly that's going to make our kids do everything exactly how we want them to go. Well, I mean, I've experienced almost 30 years of stuff and I'm still learning. There is still things that happen every single day that challenge me that I know I don't do perfectly. I'm not going to do perfectly, but we have to work on building that firm foundation um, with our kids. And that's one of the reasons that I believe that they are going into this nun movement. They're all moving into this 62% now. They, they're they not denying the Christian faith. They're not saying, Hey, I'm not a Christian. They're not saying I am not Pentecostal or whatever. I'm not the Baptist or I'm not church Christ. They're just saying that I just don't want to affiliate with anything. I just want to be right. whatever I want to be. And what I found, and I may be jumping. Hopefully I'm not. But what I found funny was back in the 1970s, um, there was this movement to move to non-denominational churches. At mm-hmm. that same time in the 1970s, we went from identifying as a specific group, as a, a specific church with biblical beliefs. Um, and I'm not saying that non-denominational don't have biblical beliefs, so don't right. call in and tell, say any of that. But <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is when they went from this, I don't want to be identified with any one main line. Baptist or Church of Christ or Nazarene or Pentecostal, we they also started seeing that this nun movement started going up, and they started seeing this increase, and it, it has tripled over the last years. They went from six percent um, during oh, the nineteen seventies, what it was. Now there's almost twenty percent or more are now moving to this non denominational side of things, and when I'm looking at the non denominational side. And I'm not bashing non-denominational churches. That's a hard word to say. Uh, Non-denominational churches. But what I'm saying is a lot of the times with the rise of non-denominational churches, what has happened is they've moved away from having structured thinking. We have moved away from, I don't want to say biblical beliefs, but if you look at non-denominational churches versus like Pentecost churches or Baptist churches or Nazarene churches— they have taken Bible verses, they have taken scripture, and they have based their beliefs off of those scriptures. Right. And they can, if you go to any type of church like that who is considered Protestant and you're looking at their what they believe, they can show you the verses. They can pull from the verses. I mean, like in our church, yes. we have what's called Connect Track, and they take you through each and every single verse yes. that it's based off of. But non denominational churches, they're not that way. They have pretty much made it to where they're called free thinkers. They want you to think however you want to. And we, they want it to be a melting pot for everybody, which is, right. it's, that's fine. But then you get a bunch in there who aren't really thinking for themselves. They're just kind of thinking that I want this, this, and this. And that's where we have to come in as fathers and as men of God to do even more work on top of that. And I'm not saying do away with non-denominational churches because there are some, that are awesome. There are some churches that are non-nomicist churches who they are preaching the word of God and they're doing it every Sunday and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. But when we get lazy in our thinking and when we get lazy in the way that we worship God and we don't want anybody to tell us what's right or wrong, we don't want to have to worry about, okay, what does this church believe? What's biblical? I just want to be able to go to church and show up. We get lazy and we start, I don't want to say depleting our faith, but we, we stop putting God on this pedestal up here and we start putting him on this equal platform with everything else that we do. Right. So that yes. way we don't have to worry about it.
0: Yep. That's 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 good. You know, and another thing about that verse that you had mentioned, Proverbs twenty uh twenty two six, um, the, the King James Version, I'm not always a King James Version guy, but um it says train up a child in the way he should go. Okay, so um this is this is a vitally it, vital Point mm-hmm. that I am trying to I am trying to make here is is that you train up a, while, uh, a child in the way that he should go. So, so many parents and I and I see this all the time. You know, now that my kids are kind of older and they've grown up, especially when you get into sports and get into the... parents try to drive. They, they have this vision for their kids, Yep. and their kid has to follow this this path. Well, that's not always the path that God has set out before them. Mm-mm. You know, you have to give your child a, an opportunity to to find themselves at home, and when you do that, when you give them an opportunity to find themselves at home, it may look different than than what you, yeah. you, You know, I'm gonna be real honest with you. I would have loved for Tony to play football, right? Like that. That's that's my thing. I would have loved for Tony to play football. You would have not he wanted didn't. me as a son. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony didn't have anything to do with football. He yeah. liked soccer. Tony's a musician. I don't have a lick of, musical, uh, of talent. Uh, musical talent because yeah. the in the reason why god didn't give me any musical talent i'd have tried to be a rock star <laughs> hands down i'd have tried to be a rock star i picture <laughs> you
3: as like the newsboys drummer that's like spinning up there and he's drumming while he's spinning yes that would have been yes Anthony.
0: jumping off you know crowd surfing i'd, yeah. I'd have done all, I, I love metal music i love I, I love going to concerts yeah i'd have tried to be a rock star but he didn't give me none of that you know but i didn't i didn't force tony to play football Tony wanted to play soccer. He didn't like contact sports. He, he, well, soccer is a contact sport, but he didn't, you know, he didn't like football. He didn't like wrestling. That wasn't his thing. Right. I can't force him to do that. He would have hated it. Exactly. And allowing him to find himself now, mm-hmm. you know, he, he has found himself in a mu- as, as a musician. Um, he has found his passion and allowing him to explore those safely mm-hmm. inside my home. I have given him an opportunity to find his own identity inside of Christ before he goes off to college where right. they're going to try to reprogram him. You, you exactly. know what I mean? He, yeah. he can go and be like, that's not who I am. Yep. You, know, you know, when all these other kids are trying to find themselves and they're trying to discover who they are, he already knows. Yep. He already knows who he is. And did I do everything right? Absolutely not. Have I done a lot of things wrong? Yes. I've done a lot of things wrong. And, but what I have, what I, the one thing that I have tried to do is I have always, I've always told, told my kids, you have got to find Jesus for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have got to find your place for yourself. You can't do it off of me. Don't trust every word that I say. Right. I'm wrong sometimes. You know, when we force them to believe that we are right, when they get off somewhere and they realize that mom and dad wasn't right, right. which we're not all the time. You know, then like, uh, well, why isn't this professional right? My, my mom and dad were wrong about this. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were wrong about that. Well, how do I know that they weren't wrong about Jesus also? Right. You know, and um, but one of the things that I've on this article that I was reading, it said, you know, the, the 75 kids that, that left the church between the ages of 18 and 19. It said, why did the other 25 percent stay? This, this, is, this is where I want to get to. So, so if we know that this is an issue, how do we keep it from happening to our children? That's the question. And it said uh, out of the 25% that stayed, these are the things that, that, that happened to these kids as they were growing up. Number one, they ate dinner five of seven nights a week as a family. Number two, they served with their families in a ministry. They entrusted the responsibility, uh, they were, I'm sorry, they were entrusted with responsibility in ministry at an early age. Um, They had one spiritual experience in the home during the week. And number five, they had at least one faith-focused adult in their lives other than their parents. These are the things, these are the key points that, that, um, the other 25, the 25% that stayed inside the church had. And something that I would like to encourage every parent, every, you know, it it, it doesn't matter. Something that, you, and I know that everybody's in different seasons. I know that everybody's in different things, is to spend time mm-hmm. with your kids. Yes, yes. And, and I know that life is busy. You know, right now, our older kids, they're working, you know, um, my oldest daughter, she's in JROTC, so she has things after school. She, you know, she has trips. Uh, they're working. They have, you know, their own, you, you know, their church things. They have all this stuff. But like, even tonight, b- mm-hmm. before this podcast, I I texted them early this morning. Do not make any plans tonight's family night. Yeah, nobody's working. Nobody's got extracurricular activities. Tonight's our night, and we all sit down as a family and we ate. And it's not, we don't sit around the table, talk about Jesus. We don't sit around the table, you know, we pray before we eat, but we spend time in, in, with them. And, when, and what's so vitally important about that is that when they figure out that I care about them so much that I want to spend time with them, and I show them my important things, things that I find important, their friends, our church, ministry, of course, first and foremost, Jesus, you know, they realize, Hey, this is, this is for real. Right. You know, dad cares about us. Mm-hmm. Mom cares about us. They care about Jesus. This must be, th- this, this is real. Right. You know, and not trying to force it down. Them because as they begin, when, once they hit that transition, where they begin to begin to find themselves, it's not about forcing them to find something. It's about just leading them exactly. to find something. You know, I was talking to a guy today, you know, and, and, um, great guy. I love him. He is, he's super awesome. Um, he doesn't go to church and, uh, he's got, he's got a few kids and, and he has an awesome wife. And I told him, I'm like, you know, we were talking he was talking about God, you know, he brought, he brought it up, you know, and how good God's been to him and stuff. I was like, Hey, I was like, you really need to get your kids in church. And he said, he said, I know he said my kids would follow me anywhere, but my wife, I don't know that I could get her to go. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, look, I said. Yeah, and I explained to him, you know, church doesn't. He's not going to go to heaven because he goes to church. Right. He, but that that family, that cl- close knit, that the the like mindedness, the, the the support system that you get from a church. Mm-hmm. So, and I told him, I said, if you will lead them, she will follow. Right. She she will, and it's the same thing. We're not to to push our kids to Jesus. As leaders, we are to to lead our kids to Jesus. Exactly. They're to 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 learn from our example. I seen the most beautiful picture today. It was a statue, mm-hmm. and it had this. It was this man, and he was holding this this kid and this statue of this man. It was faceless and all that stuff, but it had all these holes plucked out of it. All these holes, and the the kid that he was holding was made with all those holes. That, that were pulled out of the out of the statue and the statue of the kid was made with all those things. And it it said that that our children are made out of the same material that we are. Right. Okay. okay. And so what that means is they're going to be a reflection of who you are. Yep. So if you lead them to Jesus, then they will follow you to Jesus. Exactly. If you Push them to Jesus. Hey, you need to go to church. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to drink a beer. I want to go to the ball game because I find that more important than going to church. You know, I'm going to you know go hang out with the dudes instead of eating dinner with you guys. I find them more important than your family. And you may not say any of these things, right. but your actions say those things. Exactly. That is where you're leading them to. You can push them to Jesus all you want, but if you're not leading them there, you're not. You don't get it. Exactly. And God said when he came down, he said, let
3: us make man in in our image. And we forget sometimes that an image involves way more things than just snapping a picture. Like, you've got to set up the background. You've got to get the right—nowadays, you've got to get the right photography. You've got to set the settings correctly. You've got to make sure you've got all the matching clothes and everything else. But we forget as fathers and as individuals that we are creating the image that people see of God. Like, we are the body of Christ. We are the image of God. And it's so important that we feed that into our kids, that we are resembling, we're not going to be perfect, but we are striving every day to resemble what God would want us to be, that we are pushing God's values, that we are pushing Christian values off onto our kids and that we are showing them if we react in anger, that's how they're going to react. If we react in love, that's how they're going to react. If we take purposeful time and intentional time to spend like you did tonight with your kids. When we take those times, that's how they're going to see God. They're going to see God as yes. love. They're going to see God as a God of mercy, as a God of grace, as a God who covers all things. They're not going to see them as this, this hateful God that, that, yes, I mean, we discipline our kids. God disciplines us. But that's yes. how we are doing. We are creating the image. And us as a body of Christ, we are the image that people see of God. We are what the yes. secular world sees of God. And we are consistently painting that image day after day after day. And we have lost responsibility for that image. We yes. want the pastors to do it. We want the youth That's leaders right. to do it. We want the worship team to paint the best picture. We want, we want all the leaders of the community, all the leaders in the church to paint that image that way people can see it. But God didn't say to paint my image in the church. He said, go out into the world and preach the gospel. Yes. He didn't say, we're going to confine my image to this building. He didn't say that we're going to confine our image to Popper Bluff, Missouri. He said, we're going to confine... We're going to make the image go out. And you're going to preach it to every single person. You're going to show them every single aspect of me. Yes. And we, we forget that, that that is the image. We are the image. And that's a lot. That is a lot because he gives us authority with that image. He right. gives us. That's a weight to bear. Yes. He gives us. And when I say authority, I mean authority. I mean, he gives us authority if we use it over demons. He gives us authority over our words. Like you have life and, and death in the, your tongue. You can bring somebody up or you can tear them down. I mean, with with the gospel, being a Christian, comes a lot of commitment. And we as fathers, we have to make sure that we are resembling that. And going back to what you were talking about earlier, every single thing, every single reason why they that 25% didn't leave was because they made connections.
0: Yes. And you
3: can go back to that. And I can relate to that, especially as a kid, because I didn't make those connections. The church that I grew up in, we didn't have the the youth retreats, we didn't have the youth pastor. I mean, my parents were the youth pastors. I went home with them every single day. And the youth was me and my brother and my sister. We didn't have those connections. Mm-hmm. But that's the importance of church. It's not to get you to heaven, but it is to give you a place to make those connections, to yes. get you to get you involved, to get you in the right places so that the mm-hmm. Lord can propel you further. Yes. And it's, it's not to... Sit here, and it's not to say, "Oh, I go to church on Sundays, and I'm awesome, and I'm going to get to heaven." And it's not another checklist. And it, right. sometimes on Sundays, we just we check that off the box, right. like, "Okay, I went on Sunday, so I'm good for the week." Or, "Oh, I went Sunday and Wednesday this week. We hit both checks." Right. It's, it's not a checklist. It is a it's a commitment to God. But you're making those connections. You are setting yourself up for the kingdom of God. You are right. setting yourself up for that position that God wants you to take. And I was looking up and I'm like, What's, what is the importance of church? But it's not the the building. It's not the church. It's the assembly of the people together. Right. And when I was looking at it, there was four things that I noticed. And I, it was Matthew 18, 20 said, there I am in the midst. When we are there, God is there. Where two or three are gathered in my name, right. there am I yes. in the midst. If you want to experience God, I'm not saying you can't experience God in your own time, but it's so much easier when you have people who are on the same heart and same mind as you to bring God in that midst because you're already like-minded when you have like-minded individuals God is going to be there the other one was uh, Ephesians 4 11 through 13 and the whole purpose of those verses was to create a unified body you can go through anything if you're unified together as one yes and the other one was acts 2 42 and it was just talking about the fellowship of Christ it was just the fellowship of the body we need people just to be with Yes God never made us I mean he made woman because he, he said it's not good for man to be alone
0: right yes, that's right
3: we are made for other people we are made to fellowship with other like-minded people just like us we are made to create those connections so that we God can propel us and prosper us for it and the last one was Romans 10:17 it says faith is built built from hearing the message if you are not in church it's hard to build a faith because when you're out in the world, it's just going to tear it down. Hard things happen. Hard things come. Yes, Uh, Anthony and I both both this week lost somebody that was super important to us. And this individual, she, I mean, she was the ultimate faith. Like when you looked at her journey, she was like the, the pillar that you wanted to be. You wanted to be right by her because she would hold you up. Yes. She could hold you up. And she was, Many of the reasons why I'm where I'm at now, especially in the church, but it, it's because she herself made faith an importance in her life, right? She made it a, a statue that she always wanted to make sure that she upheld and that she always yes. looked to. And if we get away from the church, if we get away from the assembly of Christ, our faith diminishes mm-hmm. because Church isn't perfect. The body is not perfect. We all go through things, especially in our church right now. There's so much hurting. There's so I mean, we lost six or seven people last week. We had a list of people who are struggling with cancer. We've got people who are dealing with addiction drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. It's hard. Mm-hmm. People who are dealing with just things in their family. Church is not made up of perfect people. That's right. But we can relate to each other's faith and build that up. And yep. that's
0: the importance of it. You know, and you, and you mentioned, you mentioned her. And it it was this this past Sunday, which would have been yesterday yeah. yes, yesterday morning. Um, her husband and kids were there. Yeah. You know, they just they just we just buried her Thursday. Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've had so many deaths; it's it's hard to keep up with. Right. We just buried her Thursday, and and what I seen Sunday was so inspirational. Because I don't, I don't see a family grieving. I see a family worshiping. Yes, yes. And yes. that is the precedence yep. that they set, her and her husband, yep. set for that family. You know, a, as much as they are hurting on the inside, mm-hmm. they understand that God has got a purpose. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And these are the foundations that we should be setting for our children. It, th- this is the reason why it's so vitally important not only to have your children in a church, but to have your children in a Bible believing church. The people that you can entrust them to. So you, you had mentioned you know people want want the pastor to do the job and, and, and as parents they they want they want the youth pastor to do the job. And really, what you sh- what should happen is the pastor, the youth pastor, the friends that they have should affirm. Yes. the things that you're already pouring into them. Yes. And when they get that, when they're able to be surrounded by that, mm-hmm. things change. Yes. Things begin to mold. Yes. And and it's not about molding them in the way that I want them to be. It's a, it, it's about molding them into who Jesus wants them to be. Exactly. Yes. And that's what it's all about. And that is, and that is setting your child up. For the with the tools that they need to to yes. be the most successful in a Christian life, it's not about having the most money. It's no. not about having you know the best job. And and don't get me wrong, we all want our kids to make good money. We all want our kids to you know hopefully take care of us one day, right? And I'm uh, already
3: making those preparations <laughs> now. Mine are one and two. Don't <laughs> okay. right. So we got some
0: time. <laughs> but it's true. But but it's true. But to but to set their their souls up. Yes, for eternal eternal success. You know, we've been talking about investing eternally for the last few weeks. You know, and this is this is how we invest eternally in into um, the the kingdom of darkness is is to invest in the next generation coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, and pour into their lives and to to answer the the hard questions, to be able to answer the hard questions, and set them up with with people who can who who can be a light in their lives. Yes. And be there, you know. Our you, your kids are still pretty young. Right. My kids had a really difficult time with mm-hmm. with, with Misty passing. Yes, and you, you know because Brooks and Misty are our oldest friends. Right, you know Dusty and I's oldest friends, and so as long as they've been born, they've they've known. You know, and to to let them know that it's okay to mourn. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay. All that but you have to understand even though we didn't get the healing that we prayed for right god has got a purpose for her exactly and she, and and god has is not done with that purpose even though she's gone right the the legacy that she set is is beyond what we could ever imagine yes you you know what I mean and to trust in that you you know what I mean yep. and to use every opportunity as a teaching moment right you know not just and, and, and I'm talking like even even in the, the TV that they watch, you know, and, and all that stuff, you know we'll be, we'll be sitting around watching TV and something will happen and be like, you better not ever look at me like that, or you better not ever talk to me like that. right? You, you, you realize know what happened, that right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you realize that that's not the right way to act. You know, that's not, the, that's not godly or right. you know, something to happen, you, you know, because you can't monitor everything. Right. You, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're watching the Disney. It, do, it doesn't matter. And it's not about hiding them from that. Homosexuality is a part of their uh, of life yeah. now. And it's not about right. hiding them from it. It's about teaching them that, hey, that's wrong. Right. That's not right. When something comes up, we don't, if, if I know that something is that, we don't watch it. Yeah. But you can't monitor everything.
3: No, there's and no so way. And
0: so it'll come up and I'll be like, hey, you realize that the Bible says that that's wrong. Yep. Let me tell you why it's wrong. Exactly, Because that's not the way that God designed it.
3: And we yep. often, we push over the why. We don't want them to know the why. We just want them, right. we just want to create that wall real quick. And yep. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, and I know I'm quoting a lot of scriptures tonight, but I mean, if, if there's a biblical foundation it. for it, that's what we need. We need to yes. be able to fight it with the word because that's, our, that's it's right. our biggest weapon. But it says, but watch out. And I'm quoting the New Living Translation. It says, be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live and be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren yes there's so much importance in your testimony there's so much importance in your past and a lot of times we we don't want our kids to turn into what we what mm-hmm. we did the mistakes that we made yes. we don't want them to struggle like we did we don't want them to grow up like we did we we don't want to bring all that to them and so we we mask it and we hide it and we, instead of teaching them, we hide it. And that's where right. the devil works. The devil works in secret. Yes. And if you just bring it up and say, Hey, this is what happened to me. This is what I struggled with. This is where I was at. And this is why we need to, to fix it. We need to work on these issues now. Yes. And that's where a lot of the generational curses come in. Cause we, we, we don't want to bring up our past. We don't want to talk to our kids about all the bad things that we did. Right. And it's not necessarily, you're going to write the whole book and tell them everything you did. Right. But use it as an example. Use it to say, yes. Hey, I did this. I know. Yes. But if, if we can bring that back and l- just listen to De- Deuteronomy four, and nine and say, be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. I mean, that's why we have all like, the, we got the whole old Testament it was, this is where uh, the body of Israel came from. The, that uh, this is where the Jews came, the God's chosen people. This is where we came from. This is where we're yes. at now. And this yes. is what we don't need to go back to. Yeah, it's it's for a reason. It's not. Yes, I mean, when you get to reading some of it, it's like, with hey, this guy, we got this guy, that we got this guy." Get it? But when you focus on the ultimate story, that this is where we came from, and this is where God has led us to, this mm-hmm. is the ultimate ending that we can teach our kids to.
0: Yes, yes. And so maybe, maybe you as a parent or a, a, as a listener, maybe you have children in your life that you you know may. Uh, they're young, you don't, maybe you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you've got questions, you know, or you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Um, you feel like you're lost, feel like you, you know, you know, how do I protect my kids from this, this evil that is in this world? How do I protect my kids from what is happening? You know, how, how do I, how do I, I teach my kids to do what is right. How do I teach my kids in the way that is Jesus? Um, shoot us an email. You, you know we would love to hear from you we would love to to find you resources we would love mm-hmm. to find you uh help we would love to discuss it with you you know um if you're local we would love to to talk to you face to face um you, you know the, there is help you, you know and there is there is a Jesus who loves your children more than you do and he cares about them and he wants to see them eternally invested in heaven and he wants to he wants to see them uh, prosper, and he wants to see them grow up, and he wants to see them be a, a light for the the kingdom of heaven, and, and 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 all this. And so, know that you are not alone. Know that you are loved. That Jesus loves you. That He loves your children, and that we love you, and that uh, that we are here for you. If you've uh, again, if you've got any questions, you can email us realmen at com. You can. Find us or message us on uh, Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Send us a message. If you like what you hear um, or you think you know somebody who could could use this, send it to them. um, Like and share. And so, um, as always, I want to end in a prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes, of our communities, and of our churches. And teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media
2: Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today and by The Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk.
4: join in the conversation join us on thursday nights at 6 30 p.m we gather with other like-minded christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families we show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of christ join us at the palace of praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in Room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.